For this next little part of our service, we're going to be uh, hearing the Christmas story uh, through the word, and we're going to be singing songs that sort of correlate to the to the scripture that's just been read. So this little bit is going to be sort of flowing in and out of scripture readings and singing some songs. So as we sing the songs, feel free to stand, uh, and as the scripture readers come, feel free to sit down. So it's a bit of up and down, but that's okay. Just to spend some time dwelling on the story and really worshipping him for the truth in the word. So let's do that now. This might be a very familiar passage because it sounds just like the very start of the whole Bible. It comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God And the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognise him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. darkness open my eyes let me Matthew 22 to 23, it says, All this took place that it might be fulfilled, which the Lord has spoken through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which when translated means God with us. In Luke 26 to 33, it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee, called Nazareth, 
To a girl never, never having been married, and a virgin engaged to be married, to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. But when she saw him, she was greatly troubled and disturbed and confused at what he said, and kept revolving in her mind what such a greeting might mean. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found grace with God. Listen, you will become pregnant and will give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be a he will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his forefather David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob throughout the ages, and of his reign there will be no end. Let's worship this Jesus this morning. Stand and sing, crown him King of Kings. Crown him King of Kings. Crown him Lord of Lords. He shall reign. He shall reign. He shall reign for. Luke 2, 6-20 says, The time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you'll recognise him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Stand and sing. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King, peace on earth and mercy mild. Now born to give them second birth, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. 
This reading is the story of the wise men found in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we've come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. We're going to sing a wonderful carol, the first Noel, but we're going to start, David, verse 3. <laughs> Let's stand and sing. Hey, by the light of that same song, three wise men came from country of Israel. Noel. Well, uh, over the last couple of uh, weeks, we've been doing a series called Come and See and looking at the names that were given to Jesus in the stories that we've just read before us. Uh, We looked at the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, the Light of the World, the Son of God. And this morning, we look at Emmanuel. God is with us. And this whole time, we've been encouraging, it's a car, mate. We've been encouraging people that they wouldn't just, again, sort of look over the story and think, yeah, I've seen that before or I've read it before, but to marvel and wonder at who this Jesus is, but also what the message actually means for you and I today, right now. Because it wasn't just a story about something that happened ages ago. It's a story that actually impacts your life, my life and our world as Jesus came into the world that very first Christmas. 
a few years ago, Bette Midler had a song called From a Distance. She's looking very late 80s, early 90s there, isn't she? Some of you might remember this song, and for those who are my age, this was written in 1990, so that's 30 years ago. I'll just let that sink in for a bit. (laughs) From a distance, God is watching us. God is watching us from a distance. Now, I apologise for number one, singing a song that I actually dislike and think is absolutely terrible but number two you might have that song just going around and around your head as you carve up the Christmas turkey this morning um, why is it that the songs that you don't like get stuck in your head anyway I dislike this song uh, number one really for the reason for what it's actually saying it's this idea that God is up there out there distant far away untouchable unable to be in connection with creation, that God is watching us from a distance and that there is a distance between us and God. That's what the whole song sort of proclaims. Whilst there's a little bit of truth in that, in that the the Bible says that that sin has caused a distance between us and God, but we know that that Jesus has, has closed that gap and has brought us back into unity with him. But I don't think that's what the writer of the song was talking about when they're talking about a distance. There's this idea that God is far away. God is, is untouchable. God is distant. In fact, uh, many people think this. In fact, many religions also think this. It's this idea that uh, if I'm here and and the God that I'm after is the piano, it, it is up it is up to me to work with all of my strength and all of my effort to jump through the hoops to to strive to strain in order for me to reach and to close the gap that there's a distance, whether it be nirvana or heaven or reincarnation or whatever the the system is in place it's all about me closing the gap of the distance and me making my efforts to make my way to God beautiful thing about Christianity is that you and I are stationary and it is the God that does the moving and the closing of the gap in the distance Emmanuel means that God has come to us But many people have this way of thinking when it comes to relating to God, that God is far and distant and not necessarily close and with us. Uh, Richard asked me if I was going to be talking about God with us uh, as part of the the clip. We can probably take Bette Midler down. (laughs) Stop distracting us, Bette. And uh, Richard gave me this book uh, written by Sky Jethani, I think. That's how it's written. and it's um, imagining, reimagining the way you relate to God. And the author of this book uh, basically is saying that there are five postures, five ways that we relate to God. And I'm going to put them up. There is life from God. Now, this sort of person uh, believes that there's a God but just receives all the blessings and they might say, oh, Lord, just bless my business. Help me be prosperous. But there's no connection. There's no relationship. It's just all about what you get from God. Or there's... Sorry, Dave. It's not working. There's life over God. 
This is the, the person that a bit like the striving before. I'm in no need of God. I'm able in my own strength and my own gifting and my own uh, talent to be able to make my life for myself. And, and, and God is nothing for me, so it's all about me and my efforts. Or there is life for God. This, this is a, a person who is all about service. It's all about what can I do. And every single moment of every day, it's all about pleasing God and, and doing something in order to, to please God and, and make God happy with me. But now, there's nothing wrong with service, but it's a way of relating that, that is all just about that. And then there's life under God. And and this this sort of person uh, is 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 someone who just thinks about morality. That God is a God of judgment is over you, and and He's just judging the world. And we have to create a better world by by making doing what He commands us to do. It's about law. So in all of these postures, there is a problem. In all of these postures and way of thinking about life, is that there is a distance. And it's a distance caused by something within us. For the person who has life from God, you could say it would be selfishness that's the motivation. For the person who thinks life over God, I'm better than God, it's about pride. For the person who thinks about life for God, it's about works. I've got to make my way and earn my way into God's favour. For the person under God, it's about law. It's about keeping his commands and doing the right thing. All of these postures and ways of thinking about life with God, there is a problem, there is a distance caused by ourselves. But there is another posture, another way of life, and that is life with God. And that's what we talk about and what Matthew talks about when he quotes prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 7 when when Matthew says, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the name that's given to Jesus here is Emmanuel. Now, many, there are many names for God, uh, particularly in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew language. And the names of God, when we read in our, our Bibles, it might just say God, but there might be a Hebrew word behind it. It's actually a fascinating word study. I've got just a couple here, but there are many, many more. And the word for God is E-L. L. So Elohim means the creator, strong and mighty. El Shaddai, you might recognise that. We've had many camps at El Shaddai campsite. Is the, uh, a God almighty, El Roy is a seeing God, and El Olam is an everlasting God, and there are many more. But the El is, the descri- is, the, is God, and then it's a characteristic of God. It is an action of God. It is, it is a who God is. And so in the word Emmanuel, we have the El at the end. There's the God. And the Emmanuel means with us. So he is a with us God. That is the type of God he is. He's not a distant God. He's not a faraway God. He is a with us God, which is why John says, and I love the way the NLT puts it, so the word became human and made his home among us. Jesus didn't make his home in heaven. He made his home with us, with you and I, and he is with us, Emmanuel. I was thinking about this. 
And um, I was just aware that there's some, some kids in here, and I just wanted to sort of share a picture of what it actually means for Jesus to choose to come and become flesh, become human, and be with us in our world. So kids, have you, any of you kids got a pet? Many of you might have a pet. Yeah, you got a pet? Well, I've brought along my pet today to show you guys. Here's my little pet. Pretty cool, hey? Hey, Jet. This is, this is my pet fish. And, and you know, I, I really love this fish. Uh, his name's Fred, Fred the fish. And, um, but there's a problem, you see. You see, Fred, Fred the fish has, has a condition. And no amount of food or exercise or doctor's help or anything's going to help this fish. He's got this condition that uh, causes him to not actually even recognise me as his owner. Um, and I, I love this fish so much that I, I want to do something about the fish. I want to save the fish from this condition that he's got. And nothing in this fish world or nothing that the fish can do in and of itself can fix it. He can just swim around and around and around and it might, you, might, you might relate to a fish, you might feel like you're going around and around and around in life and all that you're doing doesn't fix the problem that you might find yourself. Perhaps you might relate to one of those postures and you sense that there's a distance between you and God. And year after year, you keep doing the same thing and nothing solves the problem. you still got this condition. So in order for me to save Fred, I said it was called Fred, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> What's necessary is for me to give up my humanness. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give over you know, steak and chips, and I'm going to now have fish flakes. I'm going to give up being able to drive my car through the hills, maybe a little bit fast, and now I'm going to have to swim around and around and around in circles. And I'm going to give up my humanity, and I'm going to enter into this fishbowl, into this world, in order that this fish might be saved and have life. And that is precisely what Jesus did for you and I. It says in Philippians, he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. In other words, he didn't, he didn't consider the advantages of, of being in heaven and having his heavenly place, but he humbled himself and he made himself a servant and made himself human. Now, that is the most amazing thing about Emmanuel, that God has come into our world But the most crazy thing about this illustration is you might think, well, that's good. I'm just going to put Freddie down for a bit because he's getting a bit heavy. You might think, and as you think about this story of Christmas, you might think, well, that's that's good for those people that Jesus visited. That was all about back then, ancient times. They're, 
Jesus was with them. It's got nothing to do with me here and now. Crazy thing about this story is for me to save that fish, it's not just for a moment. It's not just to do the task and then come, come back to my humanness. You know, Jesus gave up for eternity. He is still human and he reigns with God at the right hand of the Father as, as a human. But it's not just about, <laughs> about a moment in time. In fact, Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, they were concerned. They said, Jesus, you're going to leave us. We don't want you to go. We want you to be the God who is with us forever. And Jesus says to his disciples, don't fear. I'm going back to the Father, but I'm going to send another, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, to help you and to what? To be with you. So this isn't just a historic thing, a moment in time, but this is a forever thing and it it impacts you and it impacts me. We don't need to think that, we don't need to live with God at a distance. We don't need to have a posture where we're trying to make up the gap. Jesus has come into the world to bring you into right relationship with him and to fix you in your condition, whether it be pride, selfishness, law, whatever it was that has caused this this gap. And he's done everything to bring you back in to be with him. God is not at a distance. God is here. God is in your life and you are able to build a close relationship with him. God with us, Emmanuel. I'm going to pray now and I just want want you to think about this Christmas day for you. Do you feel a sense of distance? Do you feel perhaps like there was a time in your life where there was a closeness and that's perhaps gone away? Perhaps you've never known the intimacy of being in relationship with Jesus, where he speaks to you, where he, he leads you, where he guides you, where he, he gives you a purpose and, and meaning in life. Perhaps this morning, this Christmas day, would be a great day for you to say, Jesus, I want, I want the with us God. I don't want the distant God no more. I acknowledge that you are the one that has come to me to make everything right. You've come into my world. I don't need to go around in circles anymore. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but you made yourself human and lowered yourself. You stooped down to us in our fishbowl of a world where we had no effort, no strife that could ever make up the gap. We thank you that you have come to us, that you truly are Emmanuel, God with us, that we need not live like you're a distant God, but we can know you, we can sense you, we can speak to you, we can feel you. And Lord, I just want to pray for anyone here who's feeling like they're distant from you like there is a gap. Lord, would you just come and touch their hearts right now? Perhaps even as we sing this song, that you would be Emmanuel, 
and that you would come and make yourself known and be real at this moment in time. Jesus, thank you for being with us, God, not a distant God. And thank you that you've sent the Spirit to be with us, that we can live for you forever and ever and ever. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. sing great song that declares that we have a saviour and that he is Jesus our Emmanuel, will you stand with us as we sing child has been given the king for our Christmas to each and every one of you. Uh, May you know that God is with you, not only in this day, but in your entire life and the life to come. Uh, If any of you uh, just want to talk about perhaps something that you've discovered this morning, you want to have someone pray with you, uh, feel free to come down to the front and I'd I'd love the opportunity to, to talk with you more about this God who is with us. But may you have a wonderful day. And may you know God's blessings as you celebrate the joy of Christmas. God bless.